Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Gosh, it's been a bit since I've been here, right? At least a month. That's usually how it goes with the Growing Pains podcast. How's everyone holding up right now? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm currently not working, which sucks, but it is what it is. I'm just staying inside. Surprisingly, it's actually almost 50 degrees. I actually have the windows open a little bit, even though I decided to put a robe on. Like, oh, it's a little too much cold for me. <laughs> but anyway, um, I decided since now it is officially spring, it's been that way for what, like a week now? I thought, you know, why not do season four, episode two's birth of a Seaver, which is kind of funny because family ties has birth of a Keaton when baby Andy is born, so. But then again, we kind of know that Growing Pains is, would you even call it a knockoff? Because it is like ABC's version of NBC's Family Ties. But anyway, this episode aired on October 26th, 1988. Maggie goes into labor on Ben's birthday, and she gives birth to a baby girl. Meanwhile, Ben wanders around the hospital and befriends an old patient named Chris. At the end, Ben names his baby sister Christina. Well, he does call her Chris. And then, I thought Maggie said Christine Seaver, but we'll get to that. This episode's got a 6.8 out of 10, based on 33 ratings. We have a lady named Marge, so... Oh, she must play the nurse. This lady does come up in a, quite a few episodes of... She plays, like, one-bit character. I've seen her in other things. Chris, of course, is played by Dick O'Neill. And when I was watching Different Strokes, I think it was, like, season three or four. It was the one of the, the bank robbery. I kept telling, saying to Jeremy, I'm like, that guy looks familiar. Doesn't he look familiar to you? The guy who played the police chief. And I looked it up, and I'm like, I know that face and that gravelly voice. So I look it up, sure enough, the actor played Chris, the hospital patient. And he's kind of got a bit of a sad story. We don't get a lot of info on Chris, other than the fact that I think he might have been a bartender. 
But you can just tell the guy is smoking cigars. Is he smoking them? Or I don't, I don't think he can have... In the 80s, I don't think he could smoke in the... Patients definitely could not smoke in hospitals. But anyway, we do kind of know... I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Chris has, like, lung cancer or something. This episode was directed by John Tracy, writers Neil Marlins, the creator, and written by David Kendall. All right. Trivia. Maggie Seaver goes into labor during the opening credits. That's right, because you know, didn't it start, I'm trying to think, did it start in season four where at the end of the theme song you'd have the family kind of there and then whoever was left when everyone else went back inside, you're like, okay, the episode's going to be about this person. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to see. Is there any other? That's the only trivia we have for this episode. It aired on October 26th. This was the second episode of the season. Of course, the first one was Fool for Love, which I did cover on uh, around Halloween. So if you guys want to check that review out, that is also available on SoundCloud and iTunes. All right. Of course... I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. If you're new to the podcast, congratulations. Thank you for jumping on the Seaver train. You can go to Facebook at Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast, or Instagram at Growing Pains Pod. Also, if you'd like to send an email about your Growing Pains memories, any comments, questions you have, about the episodes I've covered, or maybe ones I plan to cover, send an email to lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. So not only have I covered the show The Wonder Years, of course that is the main feed, but I do cover other shows on this Wonder Years feed. Also I've done episodes of Mr. Belvedere, Small Wonder, the first season of Silver Spoons. If you want to catch... Seasons 2 through currently 4 of Silver Spoons, you can go to the Punky Power podcast, also available on SoundCloud and iTunes and other listening platforms as well. Uh, I got the first four episodes of American Dreams. I one day plan to get back on the American Dreams bandwagon, guys. I promise, I promise. I just have so many others. Right now, I in January, I started the Everwood podcast, which started to be... It was originally going to be twice a, a month. Unfortunately, I just... I always, if you guys have been listening to... I can't talk. If you guys have been listening to this podcast since I started, you'll know I really am all about... I want to do this one, and I want to do that, and I want to do that. And I, I just... I My plate is just so full. Sometimes it's like, okay, just call... calm down, pull it back. You can do these at another time, you know, so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, Small Wonder is when I started a year ago. That's a monthly podcast. Everwood now, it's basically once a month right now at the main, um, Growing Pains, another one once a month. Um, I'd like to start <laughs> doing some episodes of Roseanne on occasion. Um, this month on my Punky Power podcast page, I am doing a once a month Different Strokes podcast. I will be putting the pilot episode up on the Looking Back at My Wonder Years um, feed. And then if you want to hear more from that, you can go to the Punky Power podcast. 
I also do movie reviews. I really want to get to... I said I would do this last summer. I said I would do it last fall. I got, like, a quarter of the way in. And, like, this is the perfect time to cover Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I'm thinking I'm going to be focusing on that while I'm not working. That one, I want to get to Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Kind of like how I did with the Mighty Ducks movies. And, of course, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, the craptacular straight-to-video sequel that is probably just as horrid as the D3 Mighty Ducks movie. <laughs> and, of course, it's actually... um up on Disney Plus. So actually all three are on Disney Plus. And I thought this year would probably be perfect. Well, with everything going on, I mean, this clearly isn't going to happen right now, but um Rick Moranis is coming out of retirement to do a possible Honey I Shrunk the Kids TV show or something to that effect. And we know that the woman who played his wife, Marcia Straussman did pass away. At Sure, I butchered her last name. She passed away. She was in the first two movies. And then, of course, someone else played her role in the third one. It was the lady. I don't even know her name. But she played, was it Arlene or something on Home Improvement? I think she married Al Borland. But, all right. Um, yeah, another thing I thought maybe every once in a while, I, wa I definitely want to do of Home Improvement. The one episode that really stands out, of course, is the one where Randy thinks he may have cancer. And I remember that one being promoted heavily when I was watching television. I'm like, I gotta catch that. You know those promos, they suck you in. They suck you in hard. I'm like, oh, I can't miss it. I can't miss that. So, all right, without further ado, um, let's get into Birth of a Seaver. Hey guys, winter's over. It's springtime now. Granted, it doesn't make a difference because we're all supposed to be stuck inside. But we got great views from our window, don't we, Quinn? Hey, look, there's a car going by. Ah! I have the window open, and Quinn, my cat, of course, is like looking out the window. She's all stretched out, like, oh, look, I can smell the outside. She's strictly indoors, by the way. All right, guys, let's get into this episode. All right. Of course, we have the cold open. We're in the kitchen. Mike, Carol, and Ben are at the table. We see that Ben's got quite a few presents. I wonder what that big blue wrapped package is. We're not going to find out, of course. So Maggie, of course, is pregnant. Not just pregnant. She is actually, in fact, overdue by at least two to three weeks. And Jason is kind of berating her like, well, if I were three weeks overdue, I wouldn't be going into work. But she's a journalist, you know, she's got to do it. That's part of her job. Someone else could, like, wind up, you know, she's got to show face. And, of course, we got to talk about Ben's cake here. Wow, this is really, really crafty. She's putting candles in. Ben is, what, 12, 13 now? I think he's 12. And... The cake is shaped because there's a top half, there's a bottom half. It's basically a big giant sandwich. So, what is that supposed to be a fried egg on the bottom one? No, that's got to be like mayo or whatever, some type of sauce. That's got to be a burger. That thing on top has got to be a giant, like, tomato. 
it's crafty looking, but it also looks really gross. <laughs> like, what do they put on the cake, out of curiosity? I mean, Ben just, I mean, he, this kid eats anything. He, he isn't going to mind. I, I'm just curious to see. I would love to know what else. Maybe we'll get a closer picture of it. He's two weeks overdue. Okay, gotcha. Now we go back over to the kitchen table. We got Mike doing the... Eh, like, he's starting to sing happy birthday. He's really starting to piss Ben off. Mike, knock it off. Oh, according to Ben, singing is for kids. And Mike did promise him there would be no singing. So Mike just keeps, in like, antagonizing Ben with a... Eh, waving his two fingers. Eh. And, of course, Ben's like, stop it, Mike. Remember, Mom said it's my day. Well, it's not going to be just your day for much longer, buddy. Now we're jumping back over to the kitchen island where Jason, of course, wants to throw out his doctor skills. You know, honey, speaking as a doctor, you're just so kind, first. I mean, it's still a doctor, but come on. Her mind is made up. She's going back to work. Or is she? I gotta say, I do like Maggie's outfit here. It's one of those turtlenecks that has the elongated, like, like, um, neck, like, um, gosh, I can't even think of the word. It's just like a V-neck type turtleneck thing that hangs down. I guess that's as best I can describe it. And it's a, like a peach salmon-y, you know, v-neck turtleneck thing and she's got like a white black type sweater shirt button up thingamajiggy of course uh, it's unbuttoned because of her enormous pregnant belly but i'm sure that he's just worried like what if she goes to work and she goes into labor and i can't get to her and she can't get to the hospital you know that kind of thing because I remember Birth of a Keaton where they're like at a TV studio because uh, Stephen Keaton worked at a, one of those PBS station type things. And I guess she went into labor and everyone else was like trying to get there. And she ended up having the baby there at the station in like an employee break room or something. But I'm going to play this clip. Well, I'm just saying that I wouldn't be going into work tomorrow if I were two weeks overdue. Well, that's because you're a better mother than I am. Hi! Singing's for kids. Besides, you promised no singing, remember? Hey, who's singing? All I said was... Quit it, Mike! <laughs> like Mom and Dad said, it's my day. All right, all right. It's your party. It's your rules. Oh, Mike, why don't you having a baby? This is a big strain on the family. 
cake over to Ben and of course he just gives her this glaring look like can we not talk about the baby anymore and she's like honey I'm sorry we won't talk about the baby anymore I know it's your day of course Carol's like I can't believe you haven't come up with names for the baby yet and of course Mike makes a snide remark about you know the parents you know Maggie and Jason being you know pretty crabby like their attitudes and stuff like that then they all start arguing and Ben is just like oh my god I can't even blow out my damn candles but let's talk about the baby he's like gosh just what we need around here another siever like this house isn't full enough I'll just be happy you don't live at the Tanner house because there's a billion people in that house Ben of course, we cut to the theme song, and a little different from the how it ends, Maggie, apparently Chrissy wants to make an entrance, so, yep, Maggie's water breaks, they gotta rush her out to the car, we kinda come out of the theme song and all of that with them just rushing Maggie out the door to get her into the car. The only thing is now that they have an issue, like, whose car are we going to take? And it's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm in labor. Let's just take a fucking car. I don't care which. Why? And I gotta wonder, why does Carol's voice sound like a prepubescent voice? Like, her voice is, like, really high, even kind of raspy. Like, it hasn't changed yet. And I'm like... I didn't think, I never experienced that when I was that age. Maybe it's just, maybe it, it could be a uh, actor choice for the character. Maybe it's Tracy. I don't know. Of course, they're sitting in the living room. Maggie's contractions are six minutes apart. When you say the, the closer the contractions are, like the less amount of time, like you need to get your ass to the fucking hospital or you are going to be doing a home birth. Carol isn't helping about, oh my gosh, childbirth, isn't that the most excruciating, painful, gross experience in the world? And Jason is just, you know, he's trying to help Maggie, you know, he's trying to, you know, keep her calm and rub her shoulders and all that, take her mind off the pain. And he's just glaring daggers at Carol, like, can you shut your damn mouth, basically? Your mother doesn't need to hear that. Granted, she's been through it three times already, but it's been 12 years since Ben, so, yeah. You're not helping, Carol. You want to help? Go decide which car we should take. <laughs> yeah, Jason's like, your mother and I have had the advantage of going through this three times already. And Carol's like, oh, well, you were much younger than... It was 12 fucking years ago. It's not like... It's not like it was 20 years ago. Carol, you don't help anybody. She's always so negative. I'm going to play this clip. Stop, Carol, you're not helping. Maggie, did I ever tell you back in medical school, you know, I thought an awful lot about obstetrics and gynecology. I bet you did. I still don't see how you two can be so calm. I mean, Mom, you're about to give birth. Perhaps the most painful, gross human experience in the whole world. Thank you. 
you, Carol. <laughs> Mom and I have the advantage of having been through this a few times before, Carol. Yeah, but you were much, much younger then. <laughs> Sorry. Carol, age has nothing to do with it. When you're prepared for a situation, you can take anything in stride. Jeez, Mike. I'm okay. Don't worry about me. In fact, don't worry about anything. Mom, I got your suitcase right here and Dr. Goodner's phone number. Everything's set. Even Mike is called? I think I'm going to be sick. Remember, if you need anything, I'm here. I'm not afraid of blood or guts or puffs or anything. Mike, you know what you could do? You could heat me some water. water. Hot water? You think the baby's coming right now? Well, then it must not be too bad. Oh. <laughs> the mic, of course, has Maggie's suitcase filled with overnight, so I'm guessing, unless he just ransacked their bedroom for whatever he thought they she would need in the hospital and threw it into a, And he's just so, like... Running at the speed of light that, of course, he trips down the damn stairs. There aren't many, thank goodness. And falls on the suitcase like, oh, don't worry, I'm calm, I'm fine. I'm not afraid of blood or pus or guts or what have you. And, of course, okay, we know that Joanna Kearns is not pregnant in real life at this time. She, in fact, has a daughter. She's been through pregnancy most likely before um, the character became pregnant on the show. These, everyone's, I, I've never been pregnant. You guys know that. Um, I don't want to judge anyone that's been pregnant and based on the sounds they make while they're having contractions. However, Maggie's guttural, like, just sounds kind of weird. You couldn't have went with something else. I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to judge people's sounds that they make, groans and pain. You know, they're in pain. I, I don't want to judge anyone who's giving birth and making fun of their sounds that they make while they're in pain. That's not fair to them. So, clearly she's just having contractions. Her water didn't break. Because she just wants some hot water. And Mike's like, oh my gosh, hot water you mean? Oh my god, the baby's coming right now. Dad, can't you? You're a doctor. Stop that thing. And she's like, Mike please. I just want some tea. And he's like, oh yeah, I can do that. So Ben, of course, is still in the kitchen mooning over the fact that he didn't get his birthday celebration as far as his family watching him blow out the candles so he can have his day, his birthday. Mike comes in. It's like, Ben, what are you sitting there for? Mom's about ready to give birth in the living room. Ugh. There's one candle left lit on his cake. Upon closer inspection, that cake looks nasty. I wouldn't want to eat it. If I were starving, I probably might, but it's just, ugh. no thank you. Okay, I've had enough of Carol's high-pitched squeak voice. Uh, <laughs> I know why Mom and Dad are acting so calm. It's a cover. And Mike's like, cover this, as he fla flashes his eye. Well, he doesn't flash it, but still. Like, Carol, oh my God. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I've never 100% liked it. Carol, she just comes off as just, ugh. But I, I'll say I like it better than Mike some days. I love how Mike makes a joke about her voice being high. Like, if your voice gets any higher, only dogs will be able to hear it. 
now we go to the living room where they're getting her ready to go. Uh, Jason, I guess, was on the phone with the doctor telling him or her that they are on their way. Maggie's like, this can't happen now, Jason. We haven't even picked out a You had nine damn months and two weeks to pick out a name. I'm trying to think. Okay, so they were surprised when it was a girl, right? They didn't know what they were having. At least not, I mean, because otherwise, unless they did know, and they're just, we haven't picked up, I don't know, but I'm going to play this clip. Because now they're going to get into, um, not so much an argument, but just trying to figure out, like, oh, let's take this car. Oh, no, we can't take this car because it's in the shop. Oh, let's take this car. Oh, we can't because it's blocking, it's blah, 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 who knows. So it's just so many damned obstacles. Did she ever get that tea that she apparently had time for? I mean, maybe that soothes her nerves. I don't know. But now she's like, well, you know what? Depending on how long you're in labor, you can think of names then. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Ben, Mom is like ready to give birth in the living room. This is major stuff here. And the thing, I see that the gift of life was sea monkeys. <laughs> because your car's in the shop. And, of course, Jason's like, I told you to do that a week ago. And Mike's like, yeah, I know. I, you say I never listened to you. So his, his fucking car is still there in the fucking shop a week later? What the hell is wrong with it? Is that how mechanics worked back in the 90s? Because, uh, or 80s, or... 1988. Okay, so it's two years away from being 1990. And I'm just like, what in the world? 
if there's something seriously wrong with my car that it takes a week, which it shouldn't, unless it needs to get a, a part from wherever, some faraway magical place, <laughs> that it won't run without it, um, you better give me a damn rental. Now, the problem with Maggie's car, apparently Jason doesn't like to drive it. Why? I Put that shit aside, Jason, and just drive your wife's car, which... And then it's like, oh, well, we'll take Mike's car. And Mike says, oh, this time if I speed, I won't get stopped by a car. I can have an excuse. And he's like, oh, well, not that I get stopped for speeding. Bullshit. Because there's an episode a season or so down the road where Carol, Mike is trying to sell his car and Carol's driving it. And it's like a really uh, piece of shit jalopy type vehicle. And she gets pulled over because there's something missing from his car that shouldn't be. And she goes to get the registration. And his <laughs> um, glove box is filled with unpaid parking tickets. Oh my gosh. And apparently the way to start the car is you have to like stick the wires together or something. It's just really fucked up. So, they're all running, like, oh, we'll just take Maggie's car, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. Um, but I gotta say, I mean, Joanna Kearns, I like you, but I don't like these, sounds that she, it's, they're very over-exaggerated to the point of being just excruciatingly laughable. So while they're going into the kitchen, of course, Carol's like, oh, there's Ben. Yeah, what about Ben? Ben doesn't have a car. He can't drive. No, we almost forgot him. And poor Ben is just like, oh, poor me. My life sucks. My family forgot me again. He's like, almost forgot me. So they're all rushing out to the car. Mike's like, Ben, get your ass up out of that chair and stop moping about your damn birthday cake. Come on. We're having a... Mom's having a baby. This is a family thing. You have to go. It's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to stay home and watch TV. Mike's like, no. Get your ass up and come with us. You need to live in the real world. And Ben is like, but TV is my life. Like any 90s kid or late 80s kid or whatever probably would have said back in the day. That is the biggest fucking elevator I have ever seen in my life. Not only can it fit all of the Seaver family and Maggie in a wheelchair and someone who's pushing the wheelchair, I think, in, uh, like, mint green medical scrubs. We got, where the hell did that camcorder come from? Mike, of course, wants to film everything. Which, I mean, yeah, nowadays you can do that on your phone. But then again, don't hospitals sometimes prohibit, especially if you're in the, like, the waiting area or just in the entryway of the hospital. I think that they probably prohibit, well, especially nowadays with cell phones and stuff, just, you know, privacy policy and all of that stuff. I mean, you probably film in the room while your significant other is giving birth. But they don't want you just going into the lobby and just filming whatever. Granted, this is 1988, so Mike's got a huge camera. going to capture every single moment, which will probably be taped over later on. Of course, we get this crabby-ass nurse who actually, I'm trying to think, was it um, 
dance, it was like some, I think it was like season two's finale dance fever or something like that, that had this lady running like a diner. And then later on in like season six has the lady running a diner again when Mike and Carol are in New York sharing an apartment together. Yeah. Jason's like, hey, is Dr. Goodner here? Because my wife is gonna have a baby. And the nurse just looks at him like, no shit. Clearly, she's pregnant, so. This lady is a bitch! She recognizes Maggie as Maggie Malone from, of course, you know, when she she's a newscaster, too, not just a journalist. She's like, oh, yeah, I know you from TV. And then she's like, I said I know you. I didn't say I like you. Like, bitch, what is your problem? You need to find a new profession. You don't go around telling patients, like, oh, well, I know you from this, but I fucking hate your guts, even though I don't technically know you. Ugh, lady, get a life. She's like, I see you all the time. And Maggie's like, oh, thank you. And the lady's like, no, I said I see you. I didn't say I like you. Bitch, go away. Um, Carol's got ants in her pants because she is, or she's had a shit ton of coffee because she is all just like, ah, 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 and she's holding Maggie's suitcase, which I'm surprised was not dropped from her hand from all the caffeine she's been sipping. Girl, calm your shit because your mom's the one going into labor, not you. One of you's got to be the one that's going to stay calm and clearly it ain't going to be Carol. The nurse goes over to Carol, like, see, someone tries, a nurse tries to be friendly to people, you see what happens. Lady, you are a fucking bitch. Don't give me this nice shit. You don't go to someone, say, oh, I recognize you from this. I hate your ass. And of course the lady's, like, caught off guard as she turns away from Carol and Mike has got a fucking camera right in her face, like, ugh. Cliff, because this lady is such a bitch. This nurse, lady, you need to retire. She's old enough. Excuse me, I'm Jason Seaver, and my wife is a patient of Dr. Goodner's, and she's gonna have a baby. Is the doctor here yet? Yes, she's scrubbing up. Aren't you that Maggie Malone from the TV news? Yes. I see you all the time. Thank you. I didn't say I like you. I said I see you. <laughs> Bitch, please. But can we just get on with the medical routine? We'll save Carol, calm down. Stuff for later. <laughs> Relax, girl. Say a person tries to be friendly to people, you see what happens. Friendly my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Might get the camera out of her face. Mrs. Malala. Mrs. Seaver. Oh, you're one of those. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this hospital has what is called a birthing room. Yes, my wife and I have told the kids all about it. Sir, can I please do my job? <laughs> now, this birthing room allows the whole family to be a part of and Where the hell is Ben? The beauty of birth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this kid wants up. Uh, Barney, we got another customer. Let's roll. We're going back into that giant ass elevator. And no one knows where the fuck Ben is. Why did it come out of the vagina? Where the fuck is it? All right, Carol, what'd you do with Ben? <laughs> Me? Me? Carol, this is no time to be thinking about yourself. 
you know, was he in the elevator with us? <laughs> Apparently not. I don't remember. I, 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 what is it with you today? <laughs> All right, now walk the bedroom down. Pull times turn off. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's, he's upset because with the new baby, he thinks maybe we don't have time for him. Oh, well, Kelly that's couldn't silly. remember his ass. Oh, with the new baby, we don't have time for Ben's silliness. Girl, <laughs> if you ever think about becoming a child counselor, don't. <laughs> do you want to stay here and insult me, or do you want to go help me look for Ben? Carol, what I want does not matter here. <laughs> now I'll check this floor, and you go check the other eight. concerned with what's going on with her you know having a baby and all that so uh they're they're not worried about ben 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 can take care of ben um because he's 12 <laughs> and this is 1988 12 year olds are practically adults and the nurse of course mentions a birthing room which apparently if the older siblings want to watch their mom pop a baby out of her vagina which i can't see why they would want to Nowadays, if you want to get up close and personal with live births, you can watch YouTube videos. There's a bazillion of them. Ugh. Ugh. Of course, Megan, Jason, and the orderly Bernie, and... Oh, apparently some doctor needs to call his broker. That's something apparently that needed to be heard over the intercom for whatever reason. <laughs> but Jason, Maggie, the nurse, and Bernie, the intern, or whoever, the orderly, whatever, go in the ginormous elevator that could fit clearly close to 50 to 100 people if you stand them on top of each other. Um, ben and Carol didn't re- Ben and Carol. Mike and Carol <laughs> realize where the hell is Ben? Was he here with us when we got off the elevator? He wasn't? Shit. Okay. Guess what, Carol? I'm gonna go check um the the next floor. You can check the other eight. And she's like, the other eight? And we get a timestamp here. It's 9.17 at night. I don't know what day of the week it is. It clearly doesn't matter. I gotta say, though, season four Mike Sieber hair is just I don't like this curly mullet thing he's got going it's just it's too much curl I can you believe in the pilot episode they shot he had straight blondish brown hair literally go back and watch the pilot episode because his hair is just wow even in early season one his hair wasn't the massive brown tight-knit curls that you would see in seasons four and five and at one point i think it's season seven he like gets the bottom and side shaved and then just has a curly mass on top which i think just looks just as bad but this is by far my i just don't like it oh it's been a half hour carol's been checking floors and mike of course is chilling out in the waiting room Flipping through a magazine. Like, where the hell have you been, Carol? She's like, I've been sh busy checking the other nine fucking floors. What have you been doing? Or the other eight? Carol's checking every single nook and cranny on this floor. Forgive Carol because she had to check the other eight. So it's been, what, maybe 23 minutes, right? Let's say that. 
Carol pretty much spent roughly probably about two minutes at each floor. I just did the math. It's somewhere 2.8, whatever, whatever. Apparently some orderly was getting his dick sucked in a supply room or he was getting freaky with one of those skeletons. I don't know. But clearly it was pretty gross. Carol thinks that Ben's going to be somewhere obvious. And Mike's like, yeah, I already checked the cafeteria and he is not there because it is closed. Sorry, try again. Been. I ain't floors to check. What have you been doing? Checking every nook and cranny on this floor. Yeah, I'll never believe what I saw this orderly doing in the supply room. <laughs> All right, Ben's gotta be someplace obvious. No, I already checked. The cafeteria's not open at this hour. <laughs> well, I guess we should have to tell Mom and Dad that you've lost him. I lost him. Good, you admit it. <laughs> you tell them everything now. Are you out of your mind? One of their children is missing. Oh, come on, Mike. Don't you think that they're a little busy? With what? <laughs> So Mike's all, we got to tell mom and dad that you lost him. Carol's like, I lost him. And of course, Mike's like, great, you admit it. And she's like, we can't tell mom and dad that now. And Mike's like, why not? And she's like, uh, don't you think they're a little busy? He's like, with what? And of course, it's like, that light bulb above his head finally turned on. Duh! She's in the middle of labor. It's up to you guys to find your little brother. And, of course, he decides to go check out the um, the nursery where all the babies are. I really like this piece of music that they have here. It's kind of somber, a little sad, melancholy, because Ben is looking at the babies, and he's just like, oh, you think you're so cute. I gotta ask a question here. Would a 12-year-old today be jealous of if their parents had a baby and there's like 12 years? Would they be acting like maybe a 4-year-old being jealous? I mean, I mean, I get it. He's no longer the baby of the family, but just his action. But then he's going to meet a nice man who is going to tell him all about... The joys of Ben going to be a big brother. Ben had not, he's so wallowing in his self-pity about, I'm not the baby in the family anymore, I'm being ignored too. You get to be a big brother to this kid. Yeah. So while Ben is looking, peering in at these babies, just like, oh, you think you're so cute. This orderly, like, kind of like nudges Ben, like, hey, kid, you don't belong here. How do you know he doesn't belong there? What if he's already got, he could be looking at one of his siblings. You don't know. What, are children not supposed to be there? It's not like he's going to spread his germs through the glass. It's not like he's putting his mouth on the glass of the the window there. Damn, that guy's an asshole. Everyone at the hospital, doctor-wise, orderly, nurse-wise, are assholes. They really, really are. Of course, Ben's like, it's official. He feels like he doesn't even belong in his family anymore because his family ignores his, him so much. Dr. Walla, report to alarm. Aww, look at the baby. You think you're so cute. You don't belong here. Fuck you! Our 
it feels like we got three different stories here. We got Maggie and Jason in the delivery room. We got Ben wandering the hospital halls. We got Mike and Carol who are looking for Ben. I don't know if they've still given up. Maybe they're still looking. Who knows? So Jason, of course, trying to be the supportive husband, being the uh, Lamaze coach, the birthing coach, whatever you want to call him. You know, he's trying to be there for his wife. And, of course, she's getting a little peed off with, like, he's just a little too close for comfort in her mind. He's, like, doing the... But he's, like, right near her face. And you can just see she's like, honey, can you back it up a smidge? I don't need you right in my fucking face. Thank you. Yeah, she sounds like, Ugh, shut up, Jason. Like, oh my goodness. And he finally puts his hands up. Okay, okay. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> I mean, he's trying to be supportive, but still it's like, I think between husbands and wives, there is a limit of, I don't want you directly in my damn face unless we're kissing. That's different. But still, personal space, especially... You know, she's in labor, she's in pain, she's trying to ride out these contraction waves, and it's just, please, give me at least 6 inches to 12 inches of space, or at least maybe a couple feet. Thank you. So, the doctor, of course, who is a woman, which is awesome, says she's eight centimeters dilated, so I don't know what the proper centimeter inch is for, you know, the baby. If it's, you know, six to ten pounds, I don't know. It's got to have a lot of space to get that baby out of that hole. That's why the, the, the contractions are, what, the vagina walls just expanding to help get the baby through that birth canal? Like I said, I've not had a baby. I don't know. That's my guess. Hopefully, I'm kind of right, maybe. Boom. <laughs> Get out of her face, Jason. Damn. Ah, uh, shut up, Jason. <laughs> You're doing just fine, Maggie. Won't be long now. Eight centimeters dilated. Thank you, Doctor. You're welcome, huh? Doctor. Oh, 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 Maggie, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it? That's supposed to make me feel better? You call yourself a coach? <laughs> Take my mind off my pain, okay? Do you know how annoying it is to be married to someone with your toilet habits? No. <laughs> you always leave a damn seat up in the damn bathroom. You think after all this time you can get it through your thick skull that I don't enjoy sitting down in water? Every guy has an issue with that. <laughs> Open. You just go tell him it's not so scary being in here. I've been trying to tell you for the last hour, Carol. I like how the doctor Maggie bond over men's toilet habits with 
Isn't it? It's always a thing where men leave the toilet seat up. Luckily, I don't have that problem with Jeremy. It's just, just do what you need to do. We actually just got two new toilets in our house, which is awesome. It's kind of funny because um, they're the kind that don't have the handle on the side. They have the little push buttons. And my sister had come over to use the bathroom. And she explained to me that on the left side with the one little droplet means you use that when you got to pee, you know, number one. And then the right one, number two, is when you take a shit. I'm like, I'd had the toilets for probably about maybe a month now. I had no fucking clue that that's what those did. I'm like, oh shit, this is so cool. I learned something. Because... <laughs> That makes sense. I mean, the left side, you know, of course, if you're going to pee, you don't need to use a lot of water. But, of course, if you're taking a big dump, you do need to have enough water to get those, you know, the shit down the drain, right? Yeah, exactly. So, cool. I learned something new. <laughs> of course, that, uh, Mike and Carol come in. They're all decked out in... Um, hospital garbs, you know, the, the scrubs, the hat, the works and whatnot. And of course, Jason's first question is, where's Ben? It's like, oh, well, we're not exactly here looking for him. I mean, he's waiting in the cafeteria. I mean, the waiting room, the cafeteria, the cafeteria, the waiting room, I'm waiting in the cafeteria. Yes. Oh, yes. That cafeteria that's closed right now. Yes. He's waiting there outside the doors, waiting for them to open. <laughs> uh. So Jason, of course, is just dabbing Maggie's forehead with a cloth, cooling her down, trying to make her comfortable, getting in her personal space. And he's like, oh, well, you just go tell Ben it's okay. You know, there's nothing scary about being in here. And, of course, Mike somehow magically procures that damn video camera as Maggie's like, oh, oh, oh. And, of course, Mike faints. You didn't see your mother's vagina. You didn't see a baby coming out of the vagina. Chill your shit, Mike. Relax. Why the hell is he fainting? There's a cloth, like a blanket, a cloth, a sheet draped over her lower half. It's fine. But then again, I don't think this would be a lot. Well, definitely not with what's going on right now. But no way in hell are the kids going to hang out in the room while the mother's giving birth. There's so many damn germs out there. That is not safe. And there's too many damn bodies in the room. So Ben, of course, is still wandering the halls, feeling dejected, ignored. And he's got an awesome brown leather jacket. That must be Mike's old one, because it, oh, it looks awesome on Ben. So this is where me, we meet Chris. Um, he is a resident at the hospital. He dropped his cigar, which he probably shouldn't be smoking. I don't think, no, he's, well, it says no smoking, but he is smoking in there. Because I think he, like, rips the sign off the wall on the outside of the door. So I'm going to play this clip. I like how he mentors Ben. He kind of takes him under his wing. They hang out and, you know, talk about being, you know, Chris tells him a lot about being, you know, a father, a brother, a son. But the one thing I really liked was being a big brother. So he really, I like Ben bonding with Chris. It's really nice. Dr. Sullivan? Oh, your wife. Damn. Hey, yo, pal. Huh? Could you fess up me? I, I don't bend over so good. Uh, yeah. 
Thanks. I owe you. Can you smoke in a hospital? Are you a doctor? No. A nurse? No. An orderly? No. I can smoke in a hospital. <laughs> so who the hell are you? Ben Seaver. Ben Seaver? The Ben Seaver? Have you heard of me? No. <laughs> That's funny. Ben Seaver, what are you doing here? Nothing. Oh, well, good. Did you come in? We can shoot a fat. Fat? I lost 10 pounds. Talk, <laughs> jaw, chat. Get down. <laughs> nice place, huh? Oh, by the way, I'm Chris Longshot Ganey. You can call me Chris. Okay. So, let me guess. You wander hospitals for a living. <laughs> so damn dark in that room. You're not much of a conversationalist, are you? <laughs> you got some problems? I don't know. Oh, come on. You're the first person I've seen around here without a needle in his hand. Maybe I can help you out with your problem, huh? It'd make me feel better. You know, I love to have guys tell me their problems. That's what I do for a living. My dad does the same thing. No kidding. He's a bartender, too. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben hands Chris the cigar that he dropped. And Ben's all like, can you smoke in a hospital? Because, of course, there's no smoking sign. And Chris is all like, are you a doctor? Are you a nurse? Are you an orderly? He's like, no, no, no. I can smoke in a hospital. And, of course, he's like, hey, why don't we talk? You know, chew the fat, get down, that kind of thing. And, of course, Ben's like, fat? I lost 10 pounds. The kid definitely has slimmed down since season three. We'll call that, you know, the baby fat. Period. So, anyway. I like how he's like, oh, what's your name? Uh, ben Seaver. And I love Chris's response. Like, Ben Seaver? The Ben Seaver? And Ben's like, oh, you heard of me? And Chris is like... No. <laughs> it's just funny. It's so damn dark in this room. There's like the only thing that's lighting this room is that overhead light above his hospital bed. And he can tell that something's up with Ben. And it turns out what he does for a living, he talks to people. And of course, Ben's like, yeah, my dad's got a job like that too. And Chris is like, oh, so your dad's a bartender. And Ben's like, uh, no. His full name, of course, is Chris Longshot Ganey. So Longshot clearly is a nickname. So Ben, of course, just kind of hangs his head in despair. It's just, uh, he's, he's just, he's quiet. He's got a lot of things going around in his 12-year-old mind. And Chris kind of, like, eyes him like, wow, you are not much of a conversationalist, are you, kid? Chris is like, oh, you got some problems? And Ben's like, I don't know. Like, he's kind of like, eh, kind of like, I just met this guy. Do I really want to divulge my issues to a stranger? And of course, now we're going to jump back to Maggie's room. And he's got some smelling salts to revive Mike from having passed out after not staring at his mother's vagina because it's covered by a blanket. Of course, Maggie is telling Jason, look, he's not the only patient in the room right now. Can you get your ass over here and continue to coach me even though I'm hating you right now? So while they're distracted with that, Carol and Mike continue to look for Ben, who is hanging out with Chris, playing some cards, drinking some milk, just having a good old time. Chris, I didn't even get to open my presents. They didn't even <laughs> sing to me. You didn't want him to sing to your ass. Betty, pull yourself together. Maybe again. You're not driving, are you? Huh? Bartender Joe. 
And he's not even born yet. Right. I mean, I've been the youngest even my whole life. Before that, I was nothing. Now with this new kid coming, what am I now? Nothing. Nothing. Come on, Betty. You're getting carried away, aren't you? Hey, that's not the milk talking, is it? <laughs> you gotta just face it. I'm being replaced. You wouldn't have any cookies to go with this, would you? They catch me with these, they're gonna give me a physic. What's a physic? You don't wanna know, eat the cookies. <laughs> now look, Benny Powell, since you and me go back a long way, I'm gonna tell you something I don't tell everybody. You know, in all my years as a bartender, I've seen a lot of things. Youth, age, birth, and everything else. And the biggest lesson I've learned? Well, all those old cliches are true. Time does heal all wounds. Life does go on. Twelve-year-olds do not listen to you. Now look, as I didn't know it was your birthday, I didn't have time to wrap your present. But take it anyway, huh? It's a little advice from an old man. You know, I'll tell you, I've been a lot of things. A bartender, a veteran, a Kiwanian. Or is it a Rotarian? I can never get that right. Also, I... I've also been a, a husband, a father, a son. But you know the thing I enjoy being best? A big brother. Big brother? You got a big brother? What do you think of him? Oh, he's the best. He treats me like a doofus, but he's the greatest guy I know. Now think about how nice it would be to have someone around who thought that same way about you. I mean, even if you did treat him like a goofus. Doofus. Whatever. <laughs> ben Seaver, you are a lucky man. You are not being replaced. You're being added on to. Hey, pal, this is not a gift you're going to get every birthday. From now on, you're going to be Big Brother Ben. Big Brother Ben? Triple B. Another thing I've learned as a bartender, if you can't solve a guy's problem, try and help him forget it. No. As a result of that, I happen to have a top shelf of top shelf jokes guaranteed to crack the sourest puss up into hysterical laughter. You ready? What's got four legs, a tail, and barks? A dog. You heard. <laughs> so, Ben, of course, is recounting what happened. Like, didn't even get to open my presents. They didn't even sing to me. And it's like, Ben, you didn't want them to sing to you. Now all of a sudden you do? <laughs> but, of course, you know, sometimes when kids recount tales, they add a few extra things. Like, <laughs> make it sound worse than what it really was or what however <laughs> but Ben you know sucks down his milk and then he's like hey uh, hit me again with the milk and Chris is like you ain't driving are you and Ben's like what it's like oh it's an old bartender joke this Ben couldn't have found a cooler dude to hang with Chris is awesome gosh I wish we could have seen him again it would have been kind of cool but the way this episode foreshadows his future is not good, guys. Well, mind you, of course, like I said, no one knows what the gender of the baby's going to be. Clearly, Maggie and Jason wanted to be surprised. And Ben's like, gosh, this kid isn't even here yet, and he's crowding me already. And Ben goes on to complain about how the fact that he's been the youngest receiver his whole life, all of 12 years. And now, it's just like, not, before that, I was like, nothing. Basically, with this new kid coming, what am I now? Nothing. Yeah, nothing, nothing. I love Chris's response. Like, oh, Benny, you're getting carried away. That's not the milk talking, is it? <laughs> so, we get to the bottom of it. Ben feels like he is being replaced. 
Of course, you can't have milk without cookies, right? You need to have some cookies. And of course, Chris happens to have a little stash in his bathroom pocket. And he's like, oh, if the nurse catches me with these, they're going to give me a physic. And Ben's like, what's a physic? And Chris is like, you don't want to know, just eat the cookies. So Chris does give Ben some good advice here. It's like, you and I go back a ways, I'm going to give you some advice. I've seen, you know, youth, age, birth, and everything else. And of course, he makes a joke about how 12-year-olds don't listen to you. As Ben's like, oh, what? As he's dunking his cookie into his glass of milk. And he said, Chris says the biggest lesson that he's learned that all those cliches are true. Life does go on. Time does heal all wounds. Life does go on. Teenager, 12-year-olds, don't listen to you. <laughs> of course, like, hey, I didn't know it was your birthday. I didn't have time to wrap you a gift, but here it is. My advice to you. A little advice from an old man. This is so sweet. I just love this guy so much. So he explains how, you know, he's been a lot of things. He's been a bartender, a veteran, a Kiwanian, or a Rotarian. I'm not sure what either of those two things are. You know, a husband, a father, a son. But the one thing he enjoyed most being was a big brother. Of course, he's like, oh, you got a big brother? And Ben's like, oh, yeah, I do. I mean, he treats me like a doofus, but, I mean, I love him. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, he's the best. I mean, he treats me like a doofus, but uh, he's the greatest guy I know. So, and, and Chris is trying to get Ben to see it from a positive point of view, from a different light. It's like, think of how great it's going to be to have someone who will think that of you, even if you do treat him like a, a goofus. And Ben's like, doofus, whatever. I love this, how he says, Ben Seaver, you are not being replaced. You're being added on to. He, and Chris adds, like, this is not a gift you get every day. You're going to be Big Brother Ben. And of course, Ben's like, Big Brother Ben. It's like, yes! it's a, It can be a good thing. This kid's going to look up to, to you. Of course, Ben's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Basically, Chris has learned as a bartender, if you can't solve the guy's problem, help him forget it. So, of course, he's got some jokes, one of which is just, it's corny to the point where it's just silly. What's got four legs and barks? Ben's like, a dog? Chris is like, oh, you heard it. Great. All right, here we go. The birth of the baby. Another Seaver's going to enter the world. Yeah, 
this, so. Great, because maybe you could come visit me then. <laughs> Chris? Uh, uh, your turn, your turn. Hey, Ben, what the heck have you been doing? Gambling and telling dirty jokes? Ben, <laughs> <laughs> we've been looking all over for you. I didn't know. Yeah, I hope my stupid brother hasn't been bothering you. Oh, he's been a real pain in the neck. <laughs> this just isn't something a 40-year-old woman should do, which, I mean, they do suggest that maybe if you're going to have your last child that you might want to have it before you reach 40 just due to complications and difficult birth and all that stuff. I mean, people still do have children over 40, just the risks are higher. Of course... The doctor is positioned at the end of Maggie. She's like, all right, I see the head. What do you want, a boy or a girl? And, of course, I like how they kind of put a pin in it on the reveal of the gender. Then we jump back to Ben and Chris, who are playing cards and telling dirty jokes and everything. Ben and – or Ben. Um, ben does tell Chris, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't smoke those. They're really bad for you. And, of course, you kind of hinder on the words, these things won't hurt me, kid, nothing will. As in, he's already got cancer. He clearly is going to die very soon. We don't see it, of course, but it's just the wording, the emotion in the scene, and the the dialogue and everything. It's like, yeah, he does not have much time left. Because Ben's like, hey, maybe when you get out of here, you can come and visit me. And Ben just kind of looks at Chris, who's not saying anything, and just, yeah, you, you know what's coming, and it's not good for him. So Ben, of course, makes a joke about what do you get if you cross a, uh, elephant with a rhino. And of course, Ben's like, elephino? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. There's something about a supposedly pretty racist joke. We only hear part of it, because, um... What this is like, what do you get when, a, or, or uh, say a fish walks into a bar and then Ben kind of finishes the joke like, my fins, I thought they were your fins. I don't know what the middle of the joke could have been. <laughs> but he's like, oh, that's a pretty racy joke. Well, we'll you'll never hear the middle of it, so we'll never know. Oh, a girl walks into the bar dressed like a fish and then Ben's like, my fins, I thought they were your fins. I don't know what the middle of that would be. Playing go fish, <laughs> that is so adorable. So, yeah, Mike and Carol are like, Ben, where have you been this whole time? He's like, yeah, I've been drinking milk, having cookies, you know, telling dirty jokes, gambling, that kind of thing. They're like, well, come on, Mom just had the baby. Of course, he's like, well, Mike's like, well, I hope my little brother didn't bug you. And, of course, <laughs> Chris is like, oh, he's a real pain in the neck as he kind of winks at Ben. Like, <laughs> of course, Mike and Carol leave. And Chris is all, wow, that's your big brother, huh? Seems like an awesome guy. And he's like, well, what do you think? You got a baby sister or a baby brother? And Ben's like, I don't care. And of course, Chris is like, I don't believe that. You go look. You go find out what you got. And Ben kind of hovers in the doorway, like, see you, Chris. And Chris just gives this, oh, it's so sad. It's like, 
So long, kid. I'm like, oh, oh, look at the baby. It's so cute. She's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> to that kid. Oh, 
because they waited like a whole, like all of season three, majority of it was when she was pregnant. I want to, hold on, let me find out. I want to find out there, what episode in season three was the reveal that Maggie was pregnant. I know it's in season three. It might've been early on. Let me, let me double check. Let's see. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. So I'm guessing, honestly, that um, it's going to be season three, episode 16, State of the Union, where Maggie, at the end of the episode, reveals that she is pregnant. That's why she's tired. She's overworked. She and Jason aren't seeing a whole lot of each other. And they kind of, you know, argue, they fight and everything. And then, of course, at the end, it's the reveal that Maggie is pregnant with her fourth child. Of course, Maggie does apologize to Jason for yelling at him and saying that you can leave the seat up till we're old and gray. And he's like, honey, you did it. And she's like, no, we did it. And they kiss. And it's just so sweet. So Carol and Mike come in and Jason's like, well, say hello to your baby sister. And Mike's like, oh, a girl? Another girl? I went off. I went through all that for another girl. And I love how Carol is so happy. Which is so funny because, of course, the Seavers, of course, have two boys and a girl. Now it's another girl. Family Ties had two girls and a boy. And then, of course, Elise gives birth to another boy. So it's even. And Carol's like, oh, she's a little angel. She's so beautiful. And, of course, Mike's like, are you sure it's a girl? It's like, uh, yeah, pretty sure. So, of course, I notice in the shot Maggie has, you know, you see the baby's face, but, of course, Carol's going to want to hold the baby. That's where we see Maggie just has, like, a blanket wrapped up and hands the quote-unquote baby to Carol, which you see is just, like, maybe a doll wrapped up in a blanket. Hold what? There's nothing in that blanket. I don't even think there's a doll in that blanket. It's just a bunch of blankets wrapped up. So Carol's like, hell, Mike, you want to hold her? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I might drop her or something. She, like, Carol calls him a weenie, a major weenie, as Ben comes in. And he does hold the baby. And then, of course, while he's holding the baby, we do see a close-up on the baby's face. And he's like, wow, she weighs less than a bowling ball. I bet I wasn't this small when I was a baby. And, of course, Maggie and Jason are like, oh, you were. You were definitely that size. I love as Mike's holding her. He's like, wow, it makes six of us now. And it's like, oh, this baby's just sleeping. It's so cute. The baby's so cute. I love how Ben comes in and goes over to Maggie. And as Mike's like, oh, that makes six of us now. As Maggie holds on to Ben. And she's like, oh. Of course, Mike feels like he's growing up this experience and everything. And you know, holding a newborn baby. And Jason says, you know, in life there are some things that no amount of planning can make you ready for. And Maggie, as she's holding on to Ben, hugging Ben, is just like, yeah, and having holding a newborn baby has got to be one of the best of them. The whole world. So Mike passes the baby, the nameless baby, off to Ben as Jason's like, your big brother Ben now. Ben is just so in love with this little girl. He said, yeah, big brother Ben. Like, yeah, look at the sound of that. So Jason kind of gets in there, and it's like, so, Ben, what do you think? And, of course, Ben's like, she's cool. And, of course, Jason, Jason's like, oh, yeah, he thinks she's cool. <laughs> that will get response. <laughs> yep. So Maggie, of course, tells you, like, honey, we can't put off naming her any longer. So let's tell the kids what we picked. And Jason's like, 
Irma. And I'm like, oh, don't do that to her. Don't, don't do that to her. <laughs> of course, Maggie kind of settled on the name Sophie, which she thought that Jason agreed to. Ben, of course, has settled down to a, settled down into a chair holding the baby. And he just, he is very, this is what, like, basically, this is what her name is going to be. He's like, no, Chris. It's got to be Chris. Of course, Mike says Apollonia or some weird name. I've never even heard of that. What is that? So Ben is looking at the baby and he's like, Chris. And then he turns to look at his family and says, it's got to be Chris. Of course, Maggie's like, Chris, yeah, I like that name. So of course, Jason, like, yeah, I like that. Where'd you come up with that, Ben? And of course, Ben's like, yeah, from a guy. It's from a guy I know, a friend. So they're testing it out, you know, Chris. And Carol and Mike like it too. And Jason's like, Chris Seaver. And then, of course... Maggie's like, Christine Seaver. So it's Christine, not Christina. I think her middle name is Ellen. Because I remember one time when she said Christine Ellen Seaver, where in a way it almost sounds like Christina Lynn Seaver, but Christina Ellen Seaver. That was in season seven when Ben was making a video for Carol, who was in college, like, a ways away. Actually, it turns out... Um, Tracy Gold was in treatment for anorexia at the time, and he wanted to make a video for her of what the family was doing, and it's just really sweet. I love Ben. He's like, I'm gonna be a good big brother, Chris. I was like, aww. Like, you'll see, Chris. I don't even mind sharing my birthday with you. And it turns out, because Jason is the one filling out the official document. So she weighs eight, porn, bleh, eight pounds, four ounces. And he fills it in, Christine. This is a baby book, it looks like, that they're filling out. No, they're not filling out the actual birth certificate. That's what the doctor has to do. So she was born at 12.03, which, of course, Ben's like, 12.03? So she was born after my birthday? 12.03 a.m. It's like, wow, you mean it's tomorrow, the day after my birthday? As he stands up holding the baby. Ben's like, all right. So I was like, you and I don't have to share my birthday with you. <laughs> Even though I wouldn't have been fine with it. So, okay, are these candy cigars? Or are they just ones of hospital gifts? They're all pink, of course, because she's a girl. Jason must have went down to, like, the gift shop or wherever complimentary, like, candy cigars. Because they probably had, like, blue or pink or whatever. It's like, aww. Ben, of course, bites off the bottom. Kind of how he saw Chris do. And he looks at Chris and says, happy birthday, Chris. The baby, of course, is sleeping. Aww, and he gives her a kiss on the head. Aww. And, of course, we flash to the house where we have a framed photo of everyone in their medical scrubs and hats with Maggie holding baby Chris Seaver. Oh my gosh, I never knew this end part. This is so cute. I am playing this clip. Oh, wait. Okay, no. Now I remember it because Ben is like grabbing whoever he can find in the hospital. Like, come, come with me. I want you to meet my baby sister, Chris. Whoa! <laughs> Come on, you guys gotta see my little sister Chris! Who are all those people? 
hell were those people? <laughs> so, good golly! Ben's got at least four people that he's dragging off of the hot of the elevator to the nursery. Like, oh my gosh, I want you to meet my baby sister, Chris! And they're all like, get away from me, kid. One of them happened to be like, um, like a custodian or someone like that with a mop. Like, okay, that's enough. It's kind of sweet how Carol's like, I'm going to mold her into the woman of the 21st century. And Mike's like, wow, look at all these babies. And they all have families and brothers and sisters and so on. And of course, Carol's like, wow, Mike, that was really nice. Sometimes it makes me glad to be your sister. And then Mike has to make some disgusting comment about a nurse that's got a set of, a set of what he says. Check out the twin set of twins on her. It's like, Mike, that's gross. And that's the episode, guys. I just, ah, uh, I really like watching this episode. It's just, ah. Uh, hey, Quinn, what are you doing over there? What are you doing? You goof. Are you crazy, Quinn, right now? Meow. Ay, 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 this cat. She's a crazy one. So, yeah, I just, I remember watching these episodes back in 97 when they were on the Disney Channel for a while. Quinn, you're being... Too crazy. Um, I just thought it was good. I really liked it. Of course, I'd have to go with lesson learned for this episode. It's just sometimes you got to make, I mean, if you're expecting a kid and a baby and you already have a child, maybe make them feel a little more welcome, give them a little more attention, let them know that the new baby isn't going to replace them and everything, and that your mind and self may be focused on the baby after it arrives and the other child is not going to get a whole lot of attention, but they won't be forgotten. But just make them feel a little special. Of course, for the month of May, although this is probably going to be a sore subject for the topic of this episode, I'll be covering Season 3, Episode 26, the Season 3 finale, which aired on May 4th, 1988, entitled Graduation Day, where Mike graduates high school. Mike's graduation stirs memories from his proud parents who recall his birth and first day of school. Carol loses her long-standing bet that her brother will never graduate. <laughs> ah, those two. The antics never get old with them. <laughs> Alright, I hope you guys enjoyed my review of this episode. Oh, who's trying to get a hold of me? Oh, hold on. And I will be back in May with graduation day episode. Bye-bye, everybody.